You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. This morning, we're just going to talk very quickly about God's love. And I always, whenever I'm asked to, to speak or talk to a business or a men's group or whatever, I always just pitch out a whole bunch of scripture. And so we're going to have a bunch of scripture to, to this morning. So, you know, when people want to argue or balk or wait a second, Randy, uh, it's God's word. It's God's word. You know, you have to argue with God, your, your holy father then instead of me. But, but my name is Randy. I am Pastor Dan's dad. And uh, I am his unofficial sheepdog. Uh, I protect the shepherd. I protect the sheep. I am not a pastor. I am not a professional speaker. I am not a preacher in any way, shape, or form. But uh, today, we just hope. We're going to talk a little bit about God's love. Here's a question for you. And my accountability partner, Ephraim, is sitting right here in the front row looking at me this morning. Every Friday morning at 5 a.m., we talk. We talk for one hour. We can ask each other anything, any question about anything, your thought life, what made you mad, how did you treat your wife this week. I mean, it's work, it's anything. There's nothing off limits that we can talk and ask and talk about and ask each other. And this guy has hit me in the guts for about two months now with this question. What are you known for? I'm going to ask you guys a lot of questions this morning, too. What are you known for? And the question is, are you known for love? And he keeps hitting me with this. And Ephraim, i got to tell you something. God is using you to change my heart. I realized I was hard. I was grouchy. I was judgmental. I wanted every other person to just be like me and the world will be fine. I was selfish and rebellious. And I treated people horribly. God's using you to change my heart. And it's accountability. So I encourage you, if you don't have that person in your life, get one. It's not your spouse. It's not your boyfriend. It's not your girlfriend. It's another person of the opposite sex that will hold you accountable. Not the opposite sex, the same sex. Sorry about that. <laughs> but will hold you accountable. But the question is, are you known for love? And we're going to talk about how we can even get that in our life. And are your words known for love? Your actions, your deeds. When the little gal at the, uh, at the checkout counter just totally messes everything up. Do you make her feel even smaller? Roll your eyes. Jeez, come on. I am in a hurry. Here's one for you. Does your driving reflect God's love? The other day, I'm coming home, right? Construction zone. And why, 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 why isn't this line moving? I am tired. I just want to be home. Why isn't this line moving? Well, some goofball at the stoplight wants to turn left. There's no left turn. So we go through three cycles of the light, and I am back there 
come on. I mean, I wanted to be a highway patrolman that day. I'm about 20, 30 cars back from the light. It's, it's changing. Another cycle, another cycle, another cycle. And my hand is on the doorknob. I'm getting ready to get out of my truck, run to the front of the line, and just be the highway patrolman. Move it. Either straight ahead or right. I wanted to help them make my day. And I'm not kidding. My hand was, I was ready to get out of the truck and run to the front. And then glory to God, that person decided, I guess I can't ever make this left turn. So they did a right turn and got out of our way. And finally, after another cycle and another cycle, we got through the light. But I remember as I sat there, when, when it finally started to move, I took my hands off the wheel. I had both hands up in the air. I was cheering and praising God. And then I looked at the people that were driving this way, uh, oncoming traffic, and they looked at me like, lock the doors. Lock the doors. This guy is a nut job. But I thought about that. Why did that make me mad? Why was I so angry? Why, why did I want to run to the, physically, run to the front of the line and say, what is your problem? Drive, go straight, go right, but just get out of my way because it's all about me. Another question that I have for you this morning, is your life an invitation to Jesus? Everywhere you go, whatever you do, me. These questions are all for me. Is my life an invitation to Jesus? The way I act and react and treat people, do I point them to Jesus Christ? Do I point them to a loving Father? Or do people say, well, if Christianity in church is Randy, I don't want nothing to do with that. I don't want Randy. I don't want anything he believes in. I don't want anything he does, says. It's hurtful. It's mean. And I don't want any part of it. Is your life an invitation to Jesus? Here's the next question. How does my life become an invitation to Jesus? There's two ways that happens. The first one, of course, is accountability. That person that is willing to drill you, to go deep and ask you what's going on in your life. You'll notice the chairs up here on the stage, and we're going to try to illustrate the other thing, and it's called chair time. It's starting out every day, every morning, in the love of God. Think about this for a second. What does your chair time look like? Just take a couple seconds. What does it look like? I know some people that are so rigid, it's, okay, I get up. I go to the living room. I spend 3.5 minutes in silence. I meditate. And then I spend four and a half minutes praise and worship. And then I spend five minutes uh, just telling God what my needs are. And then I spend maybe 10 minutes just thanking Him again. And I've just seen people so rigid in this chair time, in this time with their father, that it's not even a relationship, it's a checkbox. Checkbox, read my scripture, prayed a little bit, we good, now it's time to go to work. But it's more than that, it's this relationship with our Father. We've, do you hunger? Do you thirst for it in the morning? We have some scriptures now we're going to take a look at. And the first one is Psalms 37, 23. The steps 
The steps of the godly are ordered by the Lord. He delights in every detail of their lives. He doesn't say the steps of the rebellious. He doesn't say the steps of the heathen are ordered of the Lord. But the steps of the godly. The next verse is this, Psalms 42.1. Just like deer that craves streams of water, my whole being craves you, God. When I wake up in the morning, am I hungry for God's word? Or do I need coffee or sweet tea? Don't talk to me until I've had some caffeine. And I know people, man, they got to have a cigarette before the morning starts. Or they've got to smoke a joint before the morning starts. To get in gear, to get ready for work, to get ready for the world. Or maybe it's just breakfast. I need waffles. What do you wake up craving? What do you wake up thirsting and hungry for? That I can't leave this house until I've spent time with my dad. I can't leave this house. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty for that? The next verse is this, 1 John 5, 21. It says, Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. What is that right now in your heart that's taken place? His place, his time. You know, I love drag racing and old hot rods. And for me, I love to get on YouTube and look at all these videos of these old drag races from the 60s and the 70s and the old gassers and, and top fuel cars. And I can spend hours watching those videos. And sometimes I crave that. Is, is it sin? Is it wrong? Am I, am I going to hell because I look at YouTube drag racing videos? No. But at times, it takes the place of my Savior, of my time with Him. Keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. Matthew 6.33. I love this verse. You know, there was a time when I worked for a church and uh, I had the opportunity to counsel people, and I'm not a good counselor. And sometimes married couples would come, or, or they'd bring a, a knothead teenager that was acting stupid, and they want, hey, Brother Randy, will you uh, sit down and have a talk and help us clear this up? Well, this was my counsel for everybody. I don't care what your problem is, what you're going through. Matthew 6.33 is my counsel. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Next. Next person. Same verse. Here you go. Matthew 6.33. This is God's word, right? It's true. It's real. It's alive. And it builds us and keeps us safe. Psalms 119.2 says this, Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. Do I get up in the morning joyful, <laughs> wanting to search for him with all my heart, or do I wake up grumpy? It's Monday. I love what my oldest son Ben told me once. He said, don't dread Monday. Make Monday dread you. Make Monday dread that you even woke up because you're going to come and be alive and flow the Lord and do damage to the, the, the dark kingdom, to our enemy. 
Make Monday just dread you. Hebrews 4.12, great verse. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. You know, when you get in God's word, it will tell you what you need to change. It will tell you where your heart is dark. It will tell you where your heart is wrong. And it's always done with love. It's always done with love. Take just one second and think about this. What has God done for you? Take a few quiet moments right now. What has God done for you? Think about your life. Think about your relationships. Think about where you live. Think about what God has called you to do. Think about how you were raised. Think about even times you stumbled. What has God done for you? Is he worthy and worth me getting up early in the morning and saying, oh, Savior, I love you. Here's a great verse. This is what he's done for me. Psalms 40, verse 2. It says, he lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. You know, that's what chair time is. It's our opportunity to crawl into our Father's lap and tell Him thank you. You know, God wants to talk to you. God wants to talk to you every day, throughout the day. He adores you. He loves you. Very simply put, here's the gospel. This is what our Heavenly Father desires from each and every one of us. Men, here's what He desires from you. All you men, here's what he desires. This is the gospel stripped to the barest bone. He wants you to be a son that is in love with the Father. That's it. That's his desire. When you're so in love with him, you'll obey him. You'll obey his word. You talk like him. You act like him. You walk like him when you're in love with him. Ladies, here's God's desire for you, that you are a daughter that is in love with the Heavenly Father. The same thing. He wants to call us all son. He wants to call us daughter. He wants to scoop us up and take care of us. I brought some pictures this morning of of chair time to illustrate what chair time might be look like or looks like to me i i'm visual i like to see stuff so take a look at this first picture take a look at this take it in for one second just take it in soak it in you might recognize some of the folks in these pictures but i look at that and all i see is god all i see is my father look at the peace Look at those arms. Look at the muscle, the badge. God the Father has the authority to love me, to protect me, to heal me, to bless me. Look at the weapons. He's big. He's strong. He's never been defeated. 
He's never been knocked off his throne. And there he is. In my early morning chair time, he scooped me up. And he's loving me with all of his power, all of his strength. You look at all that he's created over the eons and the universes. And he loves me and wants to hold me like that every day. And the funny thing about this picture is, while they were trying to get this picture taken, that sweet little baby girl peed right down into Brad's holster and kind of ticked him off just a little bit, but he got over it. Here's another picture. Take a look at this one. You might recognize some of these folks here too. That's God. That's your father. I love you. I adore you. You're my masterpiece. I made you. I made you just the way you are. And I just want to look at you this morning. I want to look in your eyes. I want a few seconds of your time. I just want to be with you. That's our chair time. Let's take a look at this next picture. Oh, peace. Peace. There's been times in my life when I couldn't fix things. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the health. I didn't have this. I didn't have that. And I could humanly not fix it. And there was some mornings when all I could do was crawl up into my father's lap and say, help. Help. I don't know how to do this. I can't fix it. And as he held me, Peace, joy that can never be stripped, joy that can never be stripped from you. Happiness comes and goes. I feel happy. I don't feel happy. Joy cannot be stripped from you. Heavenly, godly joy is ours for eternity. But I look at that sweet little baby boy, sound asleep. And I've heard people say, well, man, when I get up early in the morning and I read, I get sleepy and I fall asleep. Or I start to pray, and next thing you know, I wake myself up snoring. It made me think about this. When my sons were little and my grandkids were smaller, and when they fell asleep in my arms like that, did it ever make me mad? Did I ever say, this is very disrespectful, this disgusts me? Stop it. Wake up. I'm your papa. I'm your dad. Do you think God gets mad when I fall asleep reading my Bible? I don't think he does. The word says he ministers ministers to us in our sleep. He hugs us and pulls us in even closer. God's not mad at you. God loves you. Let's take a look at our last picture. Oh, God. Are you telling me God is happy? That God laughs? That God smiles? That God wants you to be joyful and have fun in life? Yes, 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 yes. If God's word is true, that's God. That's God and you in your chair time, in early morning, whenever you have it. Yes, 
That's God. Can you imagine how sometimes God looks at us and how he's made us all unique? We're different. We're built different. Different hair. Some have no hair. Some have lots of hair. Some have gray hair, purple hair, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. But look how God made us. Do you think he ever just looks and just laughs? Throws his head back and laughs as a good father does? I've done that with my kids. I do it with my grandkids. They just say and do things that it's a belly laugh. It's a joyful laugh. It's joy and happiness. Those are pictures of our father, of our chair time and how it can be. And, and Gavin, I'm going to have you come up and help me here just for a couple of seconds. Just come on up here, buddy. You know, everybody in our family, I usually call Gavin G., Everybody in our family has a nickname. Come on over here and sit right here, buddy. Sit on my lap. And you know, when he was smaller, I used to have to help him to get in my lap and to sit by me and come on up here. And, and you know, I, I'd reach down and pull him up and grab him up and pull him close. And then he always wanted to come over and sit with Papa in Papa's chair. And he still does, you know. He'll still come over to our house and, and he'll crawl up into my lap and we'll laugh. We'll talk. He'll sing. I don't sing so good, but he'll sing. He'll sing real good. And we'll tell stories. And he'll say, hey, Papa, do. Tell me a scary story. And so I'll make up a scary story about a great big hairy monster that chases him and comes to get him and then reaches him and finally gets there and says, hey, tag, you're it. And then he'll look at me and say, Papa, do tell it again. And we'll tell it again. And we'll laugh. We'll fellowship. Like I say, sometimes we even cry. We'll read books. This is an illustrated picture of your father, of your chair time. And there's been times where he's been in my lap, and he's fallen asleep. Can you give us a little snore? Once again, did I kick him off my lap? I pulled him in closer. And I said, rest, sleep. And that's when I would start to pray over him. I'd say, gee, you are good. God made you good. You are healthy. You're smart. You're good looking. God's going to bless your entire life. He's going to let bless you, your future wife, your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids. It's never going to stop. The blessings of God will never stop. And as he's there asleep in my arms, as I pull him in even tighter, there's times I've just prayed in the Spirit over him and just prayed for him. And just minister to him in his sleep. That's our Father. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Thank you, G. Thank you for your help today. Thank you so much. Give G a hand for, for helping out Papa. Man. That's the wonderful thing about God. And when you crawl up into his lap, there's no hurry. There's no rush. There's no time limit. He doesn't look at you and say, Ephraim, I got 10 minutes for you today, man. Make it good. 
Pour your little heart out to me, brother, because make it good. God says, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. That's the great thing about our cheer time. It's not a checkbox. It's not a ball and chain. It's not a guilt trip. But I truly believe that people and even lives are depending on my chair time. I can give example after example of when the Lord laid something on my heart and one of my sons went through something that day that could have taken their life. Prayer. Prayer is powerful. Your God loves you. So do you get it? Today, it's love. It's love. It is not condemnation. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation comes from the enemy. Conviction comes from a loving God that says, this needs to change in your life. This needs to be different. I love you so much. You know, the answer to everything in your life is in your chair time. It's a loving relationship with with the Father. And he, He wants you to bring everything to Him. I have one last verse that's not on the screen. That's in Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19. And this verse kind of starts out kind of rough. But it says, Even though the fig trees have no blossoms, and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails, and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, this ain't good, folks. But verse 18 says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. You know, many, many years ago, wow, it's been at least 40 years ago, I read a devotional, and I'll never forget this story. And this guy that wrote the, wrote the devotional talked about how when he was a teenager he went to this, this ranch it was a grandparents ranch or something but he'd go there and work for a couple months every summer and he had to share a bunkhouse with this crusty old cowboy and of course what would that cowboy's name be? of course his buck <laughs> and as I read this devotional Like I said, it stuck with me for probably 40 years now. But he said, I would be so tired in the morning, I'd be exhausted. I just wanted to sleep another hour. Just give me five more minutes, ten more minutes. But he said, every morning, Buck would get up. And he'd go down to the far end of the bunkhouse. And I could hear him. And at first he said, I'd take my pillow and bring it around my head and cover my ears and just say, Man, stop, stop, stop. I just want to sleep. But then this guy said, I started to listen to Buck. And there on the other end of the Buck bunkhouse, I heard him talk. I heard him laugh. I heard him cry. I saw him dance. And he said every morning at the other end of the bunkhouse, Buck had his chair time. And he said it was like he was talking to a real person. It was like he was talking to his dad. 
He was like he was talking to a brother. He was. And why that is stuck with me, it's because of this. I want that. I want that relationship where somebody looks around the corner in the living room and says, Randy, who are you talking to? My dad. That's the relationship our loving Father wants for us. So today, the question is, are you known for love? It only comes when we spend time with Him. With Him. The world doesn't give it. The world can certainly try to take it away. But it only comes from Him. Today as we close, if you need to recommit or make a commitment, a decision for the Lord, if you need prayer for anything today, don't leave here with a weight. Don't leave here with a burden. God loves you. He wants to hold you and minister to you daily throughout the day. We love you here at Abide Church, and we're going to pray and we're going to dismiss. And like I said, don't leave here with a weight of any kind in your heart or on your life today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for being so good to us. We love you. We love you. Today, we're going to walk in your love. That doesn't mean we're doormats. It doesn't mean we're wimps, because you certainly aren't. Your son Jesus certainly wasn't. But Lord, we're going to walk in love. Put people first. It's about them. It's not about me. We love you. Give you praise and glory for a great day and a great week. And ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.